That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz game night post game show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at MarkMillerSubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz season comes to an end. They lose to the Denver Nuggets 80-78 to tonight in the bubble in Game 7 that certainly was thrilling. Hansels and Jake Scott with you. We'll, uh, we'll get some sound from the locker room coming up, including uh, letting you hear from Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but certainly uh, a tough season. You heard Quinn Snyder say this is one of the most painful losses of his career, and I certainly get it. Uh, not only were the stakes high in a Game 7, but, I mean, it was close, and there were opportunities to win this game for the Jazz. There were mistakes made on both sides, and they just came up a little bit short. You, you saw that they really engaged there in the second half. You know, Jake, just trying to think back on that first half and the 19-point deficit, I'm trying to figure out where where were they? Where was their emotion? Where was where was the excitement? Where was the ball movement? Where was the focus in that first half? It, it was it just and then all of a sudden the second half it's like they went into halftime and they were like we're not done yet and they came out with a kind of a renewed energy but something happened in the first half of that game that I, I I don't know. Did they were they did they come out of the locker room cold, empty, not wanting it? I to to allow what happened to happen in that first half is just not acceptable. Well, I think Denver, especially in these last three games, has has done a good job taking the Jazz out of what they want to do. And I thought we saw that uh, particularly in the first half, even in the second still. But the Jazz ramped up their defense. They played better defense tonight. They did a better job in the second half of getting what they wanted to get. Donovan himself played better. Uh, in the second half, you mentioned this in the first segment, but but Rudy was a big difference maker in the second half. It just wasn't enough. Let's take a look at your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. Uh, that's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. And in fact, uh, this this was a, a good number for the Jazz Hans. They had uh, The Jazz had 40 points in the paint tonight to Denver's 28. So they, the, I think we, and we saw that, especially with Rudy in the second half, getting more easier buckets. They got more layups. They did a nice job preventing Denver from doing that. It just, they didn't get things to go their way mm-hmm. at the end of the game. That turnover from Donovan, the nine turnovers from Donovan really hurt the team. I mean, it, it did. Then that last one, you want the ball in his hands uh, for that possession. You want it in his hands going to the basket. And he just let it get away from him. And uh, I'm interested to hear what Donovan had to say because you could tell he, I mean, he knew the impact of that. He knew the impact of that turnover. And that's why you like Donovan. He he doesn't shrug things like that off, but that hurt. I mean, that was brutal. It, it did. And, and, you know, you talked about losing that timeout with Royce as he goes down and calls that timeout. The, the only thing you could have hoped for or asked for when Rudy gets that rebound, call the timeout and allowed Donovan Mitchell to take that shot. I, I, you know, the way Denver was guarding um, against Donovan on an inbounds, 
I don't even know if he gets an opportunity to get the look. I mean, right. they they had to they had to call the timeout on the inbounds because they were just having a difficult time getting it in. And Royce kind of double clutched and and it was a problem. So maybe even if they have the timeout, I don't know if they try to force to Donovan. Right? right. It might go to Mike anyways. Well, it it was a weird last ten seconds. Let's just put it that way. And and you know you hit on this and, and you're ultimately right. Is Mike Conley had a decent look. He at did. It. He had a good look at it. You can't complain and, about it. You can't be mad at and it. He's probably your second option anyway. And he had a, a nice stroke. Uh, that ball looked like it was going in, and it was just one of those things. And you know, it's basketball. It it hit the iron twice and popped out. I I can't get over Rudy Gobert's effort. You know, just to see him pour it out there in the second. You know, you see Donovan Mitchell jump and get fired up. You saw a beautiful pass from Mike Conley, the top of the rim, for Rudy Gobert on a on a. Um, uh, well, I I guess it would be. No, it wasn't a pick and roll, was it? Uh, no, no. Mm-mm. I'm I'm just trying to remember the exact possession, but Mike Conley placed the pass perfectly for Gobert to put it down. He just Gobert Gobert slid behind Plumley and then gave the hey wave the hand like yeah. hey I'm right here. And Mike saw it was a beautiful pass. It was and, a beautiful. And, he, and uh, Rudy got hit in the face. That probably should have been an and one. That should have been a foul on Plumley. But that that if the Jazz had won, that might have been the play of the game. Yeah, because that was that was a thing of beauty. It was beautiful. And and I couldn't remember exactly what the offensive possession was, but Rudy ends up with 18 rebounds, and and you know he fought for seven offensive rebounds. He could give given the Jazz seven second chance opportunities. And put it all out on the court. Man, I, I can't wrong Rudy. And Rudy was in early foul trouble. You know, Rudy leaves the first half with three fouls and gets his fourth, what was it, back into the third? He gets his fourth and does a good job of managing his emotions and, and managing his defense to keep himself on the floor at least, but dealt with early foul trouble along with Donovan. And, it, and maybe that affected some of what happened there in the first half. All right, let's uh, get a look at your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Uh, This has been actually a key stat in this series. The more assists the Jazz have, the better they played. And tonight they didn't have a ton. 16 total assists for the Jazz. Uh, They were led by, let's see here, Mike Conley had seven of those. Joe Ingles added five. Other than that, Denver did a nice job of stopping the Jazz ball movement. Uh, that was an adjustment that they made midway through the series and really ended up doing a nice job. The The blender did not run effortlessly like we've seen yeah. in the past. I, I think Mike Conley wants that game back. You know, that, that first half for Mike was, was really bad. And it, it, overall, that night turned out really bad for Mike Conley offensively. You talked about the seven assists, and and he, I, I think, I, well, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, I, but I think coming out of the first half he only had two, but I, I but I don't know that for a fact, it, but things picked up a little bit in the assist, but man, he just struggled to engage and 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 be able to score, and really, if you think about it, Joe Ingles is for one reason or the other has kind of eliminated himself from this series offensively. You just didn't ever see Joe get going. The only other option was Mike Conley, who was, you know, putting up 20, 25 points against Denver every every other night. And he just couldn't find that offensive consistency, which left you with 78 points as a team. And 
Mike needed to be more offensively active in this game. Well, and, and all year long, honestly, as we're, you know, this is not only a post game for this game, but kind of a post game for the season. Mike, Mike was the biggest story of the year, positive or negative. Uh, and sometimes it was positive when he made that uh, return to the bubble after the birth of his son and had yeah. those two games in two wins for the Jazz to take a three games to one lead in the series. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. And there were there were parts of the season that he was really good and it worked. And there were other parts of the season where it really didn't. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Mike's role on the team as it goes forward. He's got one year left on his contract. Uh, I don't expect him to be going anywhere. And I think if if you're going to take a positive on Mike, he looked much more comfortable after the hiatus in the return, even though he didn't have a, a terrific game tonight because he really didn't, especially shooting the ball. What was he? Two of 13. Um, yeah, two of 13, one of six from three. So that's, you know, that's not the ideal game, certainly for Mike Conley. But I, I did think he looked much better um, on this Jazz team when, when play resumed in the bubble. So maybe that's something you can kind of lean on. But, you know, Mike was a huge story this year, positive and negative. Um, frankly, mostly negative, or at least not what people expected. Yeah. Well, because the, the, money, the money that they pay towards Mike, I think, gets in the way of fans understanding of what production should be as compared to what the jazz were paying him. Well, and in in truth, he was the missing piece. I mean, and that's a lot of pressure and maybe that's not fair, but that was the storyline, right? When they traded for him and they, they traded Mm -hmm. a fair amount to get him, you know, some of the the short bench, it's because they made a move for for Mike Conley, but that, you know, coming out of the Houston series last year, uh, they didn't have enough shot makers and Donovan needed help and he needed another piece. And that's what Mike Conley was supposed to be. And again, maybe that's too much pressure and too much expectation because we didn't know how it was going to go. He's a, a, certainly a veteran who's played in one place in his t- entire career, but that was the expectation. Yeah. Whereas adding Mike Conley and Bogdanovich, for that matter, you know, was going to make the Jazz contending. And that's just not how it played out this year. And maybe those expectations were unfair, but it, uh, at very least it didn't go smoothly. The one other piece that you were able to acquire, Jordan Clarkson, 25 minutes and 10 points, the other guy that you can lean on offensively, you know, not a, not a ton of minutes in a game seven for a scorer like Jordan Clarkson. And in the minutes that he was on the court, decently efficient. Um, but again, when you're in a game seven, you want to keep the starters. You want to keep those guys on the court yeah. as much as you can. So it's going to limit Jordan. But I felt like when Jordan was on the court, he was okay. He was okay wasn't a guy that was going to take it over for you. It almost felt like it went outside of what Quinn was hoping and wanting. It, it you know, when we when we saw Jordan go out on the court, it was like get the ball into Jordan Clarkson, let Jordan dribble around, try to identify and find his basket, and that's just not. It didn't feel like that's what it was right to do against Denver. All right, we want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get you sound from the locker room coming up next. Jazz fall to the Nuggets in Game 7 in the bubble in Orlando, 80-78, to right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post-game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz season comes to a close. They fall to the Denver Nuggets in Game 7 in the bubble in Orlando, 80-78. to Jig Scott, Hans Olsen with you. And Hans, let's throw things uh, back to Orlando. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. Our first question will come from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. 
Hey, Donovan, I'm sure that you're feeling a lot of emotions right now uh, after such a tough loss. Uh, I'm wondering if you could take me through just that final play and seeing Mike's shot not go down. We saw you go down to the floor after that for a minute. Um, Gary kind of jumped out, uh, spun. I didn't know where he was, and um, he made a play. And then um, Mike made uh, they missed a lip, and Mike came down, and it looked good, man. But sometimes it's just the way it works. Uh, yeah, that's credit to them. They made a play. Credit to Jokic for making the hook shot. Um, yeah, we fought hard and came back. Man, I, I I go to war with any one of these guys in the locker room, any one of these coaches. Uh, we could easily chalked it up in the first half and said, well, you know, but we have grit and fight, and uh, that's all you can really ask for um, as a whole. And um, yeah. Okay, uh, next question will come from Jonathan Scott, TNT. Everything that's happened in the bubble, as the journey comes to an end, what's your last words on your experience here in the NBA bubble? Um, the NBA did an incredible job, it's doing an incredible job of, of you know, allowing us to, to finish out the season, give fans ex exposure and us to get our message out. Um, with that being said, um, the pain that's on my face right now and the way I feel, I can only imagine what's what's going through uh, these victims' families, and I, I I know I'm probably gonna go back there and cry again and shit. But uh, I just want to local out and just say, look, man, like this is a game. Um, people lost their family members to police brutality and, and racism and shit, and I can only imagine. Uh, so I want to say that I want to get that out there because the way that I'm excuse me, the way that I'm feeling right now is, is nothing compared to that, and I appreciate the NBA and everybody in this league for continuing to push that message because it's not not, not stopping. Um, I just wanted to say that um, when we won or lost, that was going to be the first thing I said. I forgot to say I should have said it, but yeah. Okay. Uh, next question we'll have from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Donovan, just uh, in in the wake of that, how disappointing is it that um, you know, this is a team that seemed to make strides during the season, difficult season, up, very up and down, a lot of things that you guys went through, and you come that close to advancing to the second round only to fall that short. Just what are the emotions that are going through your mind right now? You shouldn't have even been in this situation. Um, that's where a lot of the emotion comes from. Um, there were certain, so many things we can go to as a unit, and I think that's what hurts the most. Uh, we can go to my eight-second violation in game one. Um, we can go to blowing a 15-point lead in game five. We can go to not being ready to play, not matching their level, I should say, excuse me, in game six. Um, but, yeah, like, there's so, there's, there's so many things I just feel like we could have did. Um, and we didn't. And I think that's just where the hurt really comes because quite frankly, I don't I, I give them credit, but I feel like we we kinda eased off the gas um in game five. Um and we've never really been in this situation. It comes with experience as a whole. 
Um, you have guys that have been experienced as a whole. We haven't been there as a unit, and that's on us. And but I just didn't think that we should have been in game seven. We had we had multiple opportunities to be to put them away, and they capitalized. And they're they're experienced. They they played in game sevens. They played in times like this. And I got to give them credit. But there's certain things that you look back on. And we could have definitely capitalized to not even be in this position. Um, but we'll fix it. All right, next up, Mark Spears, who's there with you. Donovan, how do you proud of you about the message that you use, the way you use your platform over these, these two months? How proud of the way you use your platform over these two months? Um, I'm very happy. I think the biggest thing is continuing to, to, to push, continuing to, to voice and use a voice. And um, at the end of the day, we came down here for a reason. Thank you. Um, we came down here for a reason. And um, obviously to win a championship, but to, to spread the message, we stop playing and, and continue playing because we want to continue to preach our message, not just for the game, but uh, I'm, I'm very happy with the way things went as far as being able to come back on the floor and, and, and the NBA and, and the owners and us agreeing on certain things. And I, I hope this, this, as these playoffs go, as everybody watches, we continue to push what's really needed in this world, man. And um, I've, I've, I've told you, Mark, I've, I've seen both sides growing up and going to private school, uh, being a predominantly old, predominantly white school, being really the only one black kids in the school. I've seen both sides. I told you during the week, I had to be one kid and on the weekends when I was playing AU, I was a different kid. There's two Americans. And I felt like I used my voice in the best way possible. And I'm going to continue to do that when we go home. Um, and I just implore and encourage every everybody that's here. They've been doing a great job just to continue to push. The more these games escalate, the more uh, they get closer to the finals and to the finals. I hope guys continue to to use their voice because people are listening. And things are starting to turn. We just got to keep keep going. All righty, uh, Tony Jones, the Athletic. Donovan, I know this is, this might be a loaded question, but. How do you guys go from being a 50-win, really good team, you know, year after year to, to being a contender? What what has to be done? And and do you think that some of that is on you uh, individually? Um, well, when we get Boyan back, um, I want to say I'm proud of everybody in this locker room because, to be honest with you, nobody picked us to even be in this situation. Um, we had pictures of what everybody, every reporter, Every single one had nuggets in four, five, six, uh, one or two added in seven. We saw it. We used it as fuel. Um, and to do that without our second leading score, guys stepped up, guys made plays. Um, getting Boyan back could definitely help. Um, I think take my game to another level, um, being able to play both ends of the floor, you know, which I received a lot of. I feel like that was the reason why I was drafted to play defense. Um, that was that's why I was picked. I wasn't picked to do all I've been doing, and I kind of evolved into that. But conditioning, continuing to get my, my body right for that next level, um, continue just to build chemistry. Um, we went from being an unsalvageable team about three months ago to, to this, and I don't think anybody, anybody outside of us expected that. And I'm happy with the way we played. Um, obviously not the result, but look, man, like, we, we got things that we know we can fix. And like I said, we felt like we kind of gave certain situations where we had control of the series and we let it get out of hand. And if you would have told us before coming here, we would have had control of 3-1 of the series without Boyan. Um, not to say I would have thought you were lying. I have belief, faith in us, but, you know, it, it was something that just didn't seem 
against a team like that, too, it just didn't seem as, as, as real as it was. And we got down here, we worked, and everybody locked in, from the rookies to the coaches. Um, we just got to do just do more. Um, and my boy Young coming back, uh, I'm not putting everything on boy Young, but like him coming back is another weapon. And um, this won't happen again. Um, yeah. Okay, a uh, question from Taylor Rooks, Bleacher Report, who's there with you? Um, I know you walked us through the final play and what was going through your head then, but once that was over, you were on the floor for a bit. Can you walk me through the emotions that you felt on the ground? I'm in shock. Um, that was really it. You know, I think the biggest thing was you, you worked so hard as a, as a unit, as a whole, to, to get to a point that we got to, and we were this close. You know, it's we, we were down and came back and, and fought and fought and clawed and to be that close um, that hurts and I really know what else to do <laughs> I was exhausted um, I just kind of just laid there um, I don't know man I just that shit sucks <laughs> um, it's been in my mind for a long time and um, it's this kind of reminds me of last year, being in 423 from the field. That kind of fueled my entire season. Uh, game five against Houston in Houston. It fueled everything I did this year. Um, it's just another thing to, to fuel for next year. I'll be back. We'll be back. Um, but that's, that's really what that was. Uh, okay, uh, Ryan Miller, KSL. Or now, what have you learned about yourself and your team having to gone through this seven-game series? Ready to fight through anything. Um, that's one thing I've learned about this team, and that's always been the case. It's, it's it's a character thing to come back the way we did and to fight the way we did. We we ready to compete through anything. Um, and myself, there's certain things I can't lie to you. I kind of. I kind of was surprised a little things that I've, I've done and accomplished, but it's nothing that I haven't worked on. Um, there was criticisms of what I could do on the offensive end and defensive end, and I feel like I took a step in that right direction. Um, like I said, this won't, this isn't the last of it. This is me scratching the surface. Um, I know what I can do. I know what I worked for. I know how hard I work, and I know how hard this team has worked. And um, this won't be the end of it, and that's 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 one thing, I, and that's really what's fueling me because this ain't it. Like this ain't the end. This ain't. This is just the beginning, man. Um, this is just the just the beginning, and um, I'm ready to go hoop again right now. Um, I think we all are, but this is just the beginning. All right. Thank you, Donovan. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Donovan tonight, 22 points on 9 of 22 shooting. He had 9 rebounds, 1 assist. Did have 9 turnovers. Uh, tough for Donovan, and he he, he feels it, man. I'll, I'll tell you what. He, I don't want to say he wears his heart on his sleeve, but you can tell the, the way he feels about winning and uh, about uh, the disappointment in not achieving his goals. Well, and you got to add on top of this that – it goes beyond Donovan and goals and beyond Donovan basketball. I, I think that Donovan drew some real deep rooted emotion from all of the stuff outside of basketball that was going on in the bubble. 
you know, the reason they took the layoff, um, the police brutality, the fight against racism. It, he took it very personal in the bubble and put a lot of weight on himself to be a spokesperson. I would say, and it might be because we had to cover the jazz. I would say I heard more from Donovan. I mean, there might be two or three other guys that were kind of grouped and lumped into the amount of time Donovan spent talking about it in his pressers. And, you know, he, he put a lot of emotion on himself from that. And, and, and I think you just heard a lot of that flow out of him. I'm sure. I, I'm, this is, listen, uh, life is weird. <laughs> There's been a lot of pressure on these NBA players. And uh, Donovan it takes losses and, and these sorts of things very seriously. But there's got to be some sort of, I mean, that they've worked so hard to come all this way to, you know, you think about it, Hans, the Jazz went back into the, went into the Orlando bubble in, I think it was July 7th. And they had come back and gone through protocols here locally uh, the couple of weeks before that as they continue to work. I mean, the, the whole process of everything, it's got to be just, um, it's got to be very emotional to have that come to an end, especially in a disappointing fashion where you've worked so hard in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, you heard Donovan mention all the, the missed opportunities. And I, I like that about Donovan, that he remembers that stuff. He's like, man, if I didn't have the eight-second count in game one, if they didn't blow a 15-point lead in game five, if they would have matched the energy in the second half in, if game, in game six, he mentioned all those. Yeah. And so he's the one who – he remembers details. You heard him also talk about how his uh, poor game five against Houston last year motivated everything that he did this year. And that's the kind of the type of dude that he is. I, w- I would expect he takes this hurt and spins it into a – a positive fashion. I mean, uh, there at the end of his comments, how many times do you say, I'll be back. We'll be back. I'll be back. We'll, I mean, he just kept saying it over and over again. I mean, I think that it's what drives the guy and, and you know, this, you, you were an NFL football player. I mean, you don't just wake up and make it to that level. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to, you've got to have work. You've got to have drive on top of, of course, the talent. And then, you know, there are so many other talented people out there. You have to have a little something extra. And I think Donovan has that, and Rudy has that, too, in a different way, right? Uh, you know, they're different personalities, but you could hear what motivates Donovan. Uh, very, that was very much a very uh, personal and revealing post-game press conference right there. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's keep the sound rolling, Hans. Let's throw it back to Orlando where Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. Our first question will be from David James, KUTV. Rudy, that game was going really poorly. What turned it around and got you back in it? Well, defense. You know, I think um, I think we're playing pretty good defense in the first half, but we already uh, turned it up in the second half. And, you know, we're about to grind our way into uh, to this game, back into this game. Okay, next question. Uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, what's your overall evaluation of the season? I know it's hard just after a game like that, but I mean, looking at everything that happened over the last 12 months. I mean, we, we, we want more, you know. We, the, goal, the goal wasn't to you know, lose in the first round, obviously, but you know, I'm proud of the way uh, we handled everything that happened within our team. You know, there was a... I don't think a lot of teams will be able to go through that. Uh, I'm talking about especially Donovan and myself. Uh, you know, be able to come back and uh, 
and play the way we played, even though we came up short. Uh, I think I think it's very encouraging for the future, and you know, obviously it's painful because we want to win, and we will. I have no doubt that we will. But uh, you know, we I think something, you know, we started something, and now we're just gonna have to finish it. Okay, next question, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Hey, Rudy, what, what are your thoughts just on the last seven games in the, in the playoffs? Last seven games? Yeah. I mean, we lost 4-3. Uh, my thought is that, you know, the little details make a difference. And, uh, you know, obviously it's the same in any kind of high-level basketball, whether it's international competition, uh, NBA playoffs, uh, game six, game seven, you know, those little details matter. And, uh, and you know, when you look at the game tonight, it's, it's a two-point game. So it's uh, maybe one rebound, one loose ball, uh, two free throws. Uh, you know, you, you really realize that uh, you know, the great teams are the teams that are able to uh, control those little details do it over and over and over. Okay, uh, next question will be from Jonathan Scott, TNT, who's in the room with you. With everything that's happened in the bubble as the journey comes to an end, we're asking players to tell us their last words on the whole experience. I think we, the NBA, uh, really put us in a situation, uh, a good situation to be successful. From a health perspective and uh, from a mental health perspective, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, a few months ago, when they told us about the bubble, uh, none of us were really excited about it. But uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of happy of the way we're able to keep uh, the game of basketball going at the highest level and at the same time keep people safe. Hopefully, we're going to stay safe until the end of the playoffs. But, uh, you know, it's great to be able uh, to give the fans uh, basketball. And for us, it was great to be able to compete at the highest level with our teammates. Okay, and one last question we'll have uh, from Tim Bontemps, ESPN. Rudy, I was just curious what your thoughts are on the way the past six months or so have played out for you personally and kind of just the, the way it's, you know, this journey you've been on over the past six months, kind of where from, you know, being in Oklahoma City on March 11th to now, kind of what has that journey been like for you? It's been a, a lot of adversity, you know, both, uh, not just for me, but for all of us, you know, uh, as a team, for the rest of the world, you know, it's been a, uh, it's been uh, some interesting few months, but um, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the way we've been able to handle that as a team, uh, as human beings. And, uh, you know, if, a few months ago, I probably wasn't in the right space mentally to go out and play with my team. But, uh, you know, we we found a way to make it happen and, you know, be able to uh, have my teammates support uh, through the last, last few months, especially since, you know, since we were in the bubble and after everything that happened, uh, you know, it was really something that lifted me up and, uh, and I really tried to, you know, give everything I could for this team. And, 
you know, became a show, but uh, I have no doubt that uh, we're going to win a championship. It might be painful right now, but uh, I'm guaranteed that Donovan's going to come back better. I'm going to come back better, and uh, we're going to do anything we can. That it's in our power to uh, be a better team next year. Okay, thank you for your time, Rudy. That's all for tonight. All right. That was uh, Rudy Gobert, of course, his uh, post-game sound from uh, the bubble in Orlando. Uh, We'll step aside for a moment. We have a lot more post-game sound to play coming up right around the corner. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall in the bubble to the Denver Nuggets, 80-78 to in Game 7 of their First round NBA playoff matchup. We'll have more for you coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall to the Denver Nuggets 80 to 78. In Game 7 of their first-round playoff matchup, uh, matchup, Jake Scott Hanselson with you. Let's get a look at your Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound le- leader with proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Rudy Gobert. Your master of the glass tonight. 18 rebounds for Rudy. He got seven offensive rebounds to go along with his 19 points on eight of 13 shooting. What a second half Rudy had. Uh, the effort was there, just absolutely um, uh, a phenomenal um, effort in a closeout situation for Rudy Gobert. Uh, every bit as instrumental as, as anybody else, eliminating that 14 point halftime deficit. And was just a monster on the boards when the Jazz needed it. Mm-hmm. He, you know, and you just hear him pour his heart into it. You you can't deny his love and passion and drive for the game. It, you know, the, obviously the offensive limitations hurt you because you saw when Murray dried up, you saw it went to their big man, Jokic, a scoring big man that, that really can drag some of that presence from the rim. And it, Murray had a lot of openings created for him. And Denver had a lot of openings created for them in the lane based off what Jokic was able to do. But but still, Rudy was fantastic. Defensively in the second half of that game, he did everything he possibly could. Cleaning the boards, getting offensive rebounds, second chance opportunities. Playing tough. Just playing tough, Yeah, man. playing tough. Uh, emotional. This was a Rudy Gobert type of ball game, actually. And you heard him say in his postgame comments, Hans, that the defense was the biggest difference there as they came back in the second half. I mean, Rudy left his imprint on this game. There's no doubt. And then the Jazz came up a little short, and it's, of course, a, a team effort, not just one person. But I felt like Rudy did everything he could to keep his team in this one on both sides of the floor. He deserves a lot of credit. And, you know, he said uh, he feels like he and Donovan have uh, gone to great lengths to um, patch things up mm-hmm. on this team. So I think that's probably a pretty positive sign from Rudy. Well, I felt like Donovan kind of threw a, a parting shot in there. Uh, and, I, and I don't know who it was that asked the question, but as he was kind of going out of the question, he said, you know, and here we were just a couple of months ago. Um, what was the word they used? Unfixable. Oh, salvageable. Unsalvageable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He said, he said that he on the way out. That, he said, yeah. and here we were just a couple of months ago, unsalvageable. Right. And I, both of them made a point to say, no, we can work together, and yeah. we will work together if, if that's what we're asked to do. All right, let's go back to Orlando, where Jordan Clarkson is addressing the media. All right, Jordan, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, let's go with uh, Ryan Miller, KSL. Ryan, you're up. Hey, hey, Jordan. It's obviously a pretty emotional time right now. Um, can you just take us through that last few minutes and then also kind of how just kind of overview your season with the Jazz and what you kind of hope to be back there? Do you hope to be back here next year? Uh, I mean, it was crazy series. Um, those last minutes kind of, um, you know, that was just a crazy series of plays. Uh, playoff basketball, uh, game seven. You know it's going to come close. We were down early. A lot of fight. Um, you know, continue to keep playing, kept competing. Uh, made big plays. Everybody was, you know, locked in, uh, trying to help us win. So uh, we got a good look at the end. Mike had a great shot. Uh, I thought it was dropping. Um, you know, it was a, definitely a, a great experience uh, being here with the team, um, you know, coming, you know, December. Um, you know, me just finding my place here, just straight off the rip, it was, it was a, a great experience. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was great. Okay, we'll go with Ryan McDonald, Deseret News. Jordan, I, what do you see happening this offseason? Is it just the, just see what comes or are you, you, Want gonna push to to resign back with the Jazz? What do you think? Um, I mean, for me, it's I'm not I, don't, I can't tell the future. I don't know anything like that. Um, but you know, whatever happens, whatever happens, um, it's a um, you know business uh, and basketball as well. Um, you know, it, it, I know I had a great experience here, a great time here. Love my teammates here, so. Definitely see what uh, what happens, and you know it's my kind of my first time actually going into a free agency, so um, definitely on. It's a whole new experience. Okay, last call for questions. Okay, we'll go Ryan Miller, KSL. Ryan, you're up. What did what did you learn from about Donovan Mitchell during this playoff series? Our kid is tough. Um, score, make plays. He's one of the best guards in the league. Uh, one of the best guards that I played with for sure. Best players I played with as well. So, um, you know him uh, leading this team. I told him this uh, when I first met him. To be honest with you. Um, uh, I think it was his rookie year, maybe. I think he won the slam dunk contest that year, and I talked to him. I ran into him. Uh, I think it was in L.A. Just told him that, you know, I, I respect him for everything, how he's, how he's led the team. Just before I was even on Utah. Uh, and just seeing his growth, you know, being on the court with him, talking to him, uh, it's just amazing, especially how young he is. 
Uh, the league is in great hands. That's a that's a star player right there, a star guard. Uh, that you know, I'm gonna love watching. Um, you know, I love playing uh, alongside him as well. Uh, being a friend, a teammate, just being able to be around him, it's uh, it was a great experience. And, um, I'm happy to see his career and how it's all uh, filling out for him. Okay, next we'll go with Julio Nieves, La Guerra de la NBA, Puerto Rico. Julio, you're up. Hey, Jordan. Um, Donovan Mitchell seemed very emotional after the game. Uh, you kind of already touched bases on uh, what he means to you and, and you see his growth. But when you have a player like that so emotional, how can you address, you know, an advice to him and you as a veteran already, how can you approach to him after this loss? And make him become a, even a better player. Uh, biggest thing, probably, uh, probably I can tell him right now is just remember this. You know, this ain't going to be his last playoff series. This ain't going to be the last time. You know, he's in big game sevens. Uh, it's not going to be the last time he out there on the court making plays for his teammates in big games. So I just want him to take this experience and really just take it in hold and just keep it keep it in the back of his head. But at the same time, just you know, let it go and be part of his his, his growth and his um, his history and his legacy. Um, he's going to go on to, like I said, lead a team to a, hopefully a championship one day. Um, you know, he's, he's, just, he's just done a great job as a leader. And, um, you know, him as being emotional and seeing all that, man, it's because he had big games, man. He put it all out there on the line, laid it out there every time we played. Um, you know, he stuck with us and stayed with us. Uh, it's the best sign um, you know, I've seen as a leader. All right, that was Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Jordan struggled at times tonight in this particular game. Hans, uh, in 25 minutes, had 10 points, 4 of 9 shooting, did not score in the second half. But Jordan Clarkson is an unrestricted free agent. You heard him talking a little bit about uh, his future. The Jazz traded for him, uh, Hans, midseason in December, and he was the perfect for fit for this team. Um, the Jazz are going to have some complicated financial decisions going forward in the next couple of years, including with Jordan Clarkson. But I would guess that the franchise is going to make a, as much effort as they possibly can to bring him back. He was perfect for the role they mm -hmm. traded him for, to come in on a short bench because Jazz bench is deep and, and prop it up uh, offensively for those minutes when uh, Donovan was getting a rest. And he's really, really good at it. He's a walking bucket. And uh, he plays that role terrifically well, not unlike Lou Williams uh, for, say, the Clippers. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see if he's back in a, in a Jazz uniform next year. I would guess that if, the, if they could possibly do it, the franchise would want him back. Well, the most memorable game for me th through this season for Jordan was game two of this series. Uh, and, and I know, you know, maybe it's recency bias to a certain extent because – it feels like the regular. He had season. other great games, sure. Such mm -hmm. a distant time ago. <laughs> it feels forever ago. It does, but but you know that game too. Twenty six points. He was spectacular. He was he was fifty percent from the field. Nine of eighteen. Uh, he was able to knock down four threes. He was four four from the line. He was Mister Hustle, Mister Energy. And remember, that's that one twenty four one hundred five win. And a lot of that came in in his confidence. Yeah. And, and his offensive push. So he did some really great things for the Jazz. And he became a fan favorite. And and I actually remember when things went down on March 11th and, and everything was canceled, I remember sending out a tweet 
on who people felt like was the most valuable player through the amount of games that the Jazz had played to that point. And there was a heavy return. Utah, U- Utah Jazz fans love Jordan Clarkson. Well, and uh, from everything I heard, too, which isn't always rock solid, but uh, from all accounts that I heard, he was great in the locker room, too. He was very good, very good teammate, uh, very good attitude, and uh, and fit in the locker room really, really well. So no doubt that Jordan Clarkson had a huge impact on this season for the Utah Jazz. All right, let's go back down to the bubble. Mike Conley is addressing the media. All right, we'll uh, start with a question from uh, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mike, I know uh, this might be hard to answer just in the wake of, you know, a a few minutes after an incredibly difficult loss, but can you kind of just speak to what your thoughts and emotions are after, you know, such an up and down season, so much kind of turmoil, both on the court and in life in general, um, to come that close to advancing to the second round and, and, and to fall that short? Um, you know, definitely, a, you know, just a devastating feeling right now. Um, you know, it, it, it hurts. It hurts more than any probably loss I've had in my in my career. Just so much you sacrificed, so much you, you gave up to be here. How much these guys fought, how much these guys played for each other. Um, it's, it's tough to walk on that court. No one won't be back on it again. Um, until next season. So uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. And, you know, right now, we just got to try to keep our head up, um, stick with each other. You know, we had everything we had. We tried different things. Um, guys stepped, stepped out of the box a little bit and made uncomfortable comfortable. And um, try to each and every one of the guys on the team. Next, we'll go uh, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Mike. Um, you know, this is one of, I think, four Game 7s that you've been in. Um, and we talked a little bit yesterday about, you know, there not being a trick to it. It's Game 7, win or go home situation. Do you feel like this one hurts more because – you know, it's coming later in your career, and you were right there, and it was so close at the end. Uh, yeah, uh, like I said before, this one hurts more than any other loss I've had. Um, like I said, I think it's, it, it hits different just because of the sacrifices that you made to be here. You know, it's not easy to, to ask guys to be here um, in a bubble and doing something completely different than you're used to, uh, being away from your family. You know, sacrificing a lot, and uh, and you do that to, to win a championship, to advance, to put everything you have on the line, and to lose. You know, literally by the ball rattling in and out. Um, it comes down to that, and it, that's tough. Uh, we have another from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah, Mike. Speaking of uh, speaking of that last shot, obviously, kind of a chaotic finish, but it looked like. You got a pretty good look at it. Were you happy with the look you got? And and what were your thoughts as the ball left your hand? Uh, honestly, at that point, it was just win or go home. I was trying to get a shot up, and I felt like I got a, a very good look for the moment. You know, um, was able to get to a spot and, and, and pull up. And honestly, I I felt really good about it. And, uh, and 
score was going in and the way that it uh the way it did, you know, that's what made it so so much more devastating. You know, I just should have left my hand. I, I held my fall through and I thought for sure it was going to end. And in, in a situation like that, when you don't know you're gonna get another chance at it like that, you know, we didn't know Craig was gonna miss a layup, but you know, we had guys getting back spreading on defense just to try to make a play at the end. That's a good opportunity. We just gotta take it and run and uh, and that was the shot we got. And then we'll go with uh, Sarah Todd Desert News again. Mike, what were the emotions like in the locker room right after that? I'm sure it was pretty raw, but can you just kind of tell me what it was like? Um, you know, guys can saw on each other. You know, obviously you got a lot of guys who are upset. Um, you know, there's a lot of hugging, a lot of guys just you know, embracing each other. And, you know, we know we worked very hard and um, we had a great opportunity. Uh, to move on here and, uh, and as long as we know we gave everything we had you know you, you, you get the reaction like the guys gave in the locker room uh, complete exhaustion um, and guys just you know we all know each, we love each other so uh, the support in there was, was great all right mike thanks for your time all right that was mike conley and tonight uh, he missed the last shot, obviously. Uh, Hans, you've talked about it a couple times, had a good look at it. It uh, went in and out. But Mike did not play well shooting the ball tonight, 2 of 13, uh, just 8 points. He did have 7 assists and 3 steals. I thought Mike played hard, uh, just was not, uh, you know, certainly his best night shooting the ball. And uh, Mike, as we talked about earlier in the show, he was a controversial figure this year. Mm-hmm. Controversial. But I thought overall he played well in the bubble. And I thought in the return we we saw the Mike Conley we – thought we were going to see all year long tonight excluded of course but he had his moments you know it's always crazy in competitions like this where you know jake these two teams go seven games and donovan puts on an insane display and jamal murray maybe tops it just a little bit with these three consecutive wins to finish off to come back from a 3-1 and you got all of this drama and all this hard work and rudy gobert and it comes down to one shot and that's that open look that Mike had you know it's it's like playing an entire football game four quarters fighting in the trench nobody even cares who you are when you're an offensive lineman very few people care who you are when you're a defense tackle and you just fight and fight and fight and then it comes down to a a kicker and a 35 yard field goal and if he misses it he's a hero We, we we're winners and I'm a hero and he's a hero we're all winners if he if he, if he misses, we're losers. And that's just how this feels. Like, you've got this incredible series that was full of so much, and it came down to a Mike Conley shot mm-hmm. that rimmed in and out. It was, it was uh, such a weird, like, just a anticlimactic, like, wow. You know, that's why know. Donovan fell to the court, and it's like, oh, well, this great series came down to that. No. Uh, who's less popular on most NFL teams, the kicker or the punter? The kicker. The kicker is less popular? Yeah. Because he loses games. Yeah. Yeah. And gets credit that you don't like when he wins games. Punter's typically a little more awkward. Kicker's dip more disliked. I see. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to Orlando. Joe Ingles is addressing the media. Hey, Joe. If you're ready, we'll start with a question from uh, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Joe. Um, obviously, it's it's an incredibly difficult loss. Um 
what are the emotions that are going through your mind given that you know it's been an incredibly trying season you've been through a lot of up and downs get a three to one lead in this series uh just what's going through your mind now that you guys are are headed home um man you just asked like nine different questions in that um obviously right now just devastated really i think um We've been playing so well, obviously, to, to get that lead, and um, knew they weren't obviously just going to get a fold or fold over. They um, they played well, obviously. Uh, game seven, um, left it all out there. I'm obviously extremely proud to be a part of the team. That I don't know what we got down, um, what the biggest margin was, but it. Uh, very easy to, to, to pack it up and go home at that point um, and for our guys to, to knock it up and just keep going and um, obviously after what we've been through with the, the, the pandemic and, and then the boy yard and like dipping off for, for a baby we've, we've had a lot going on as a team and um, yeah I mean I, I well, I'm here anyway, but I, I wouldn't, want to, wouldn't want to play for any other team. Stuart, go ahead if you have a follow-up to that. Yeah, so uh, just speaking specifically about this this game seven, um, you guys obviously came out and, and struggled a lot offensively in the first half and then really seemed to kind of fight your way back into it defensively in the second half. Can you kind of just talk about like the ebb and flow of how this game went? Yeah, I mean, it was it was two tired teams. I, I think I looked up at one point in the that three quarter time where that was like sixty all or something like that. Which I don't know what I was scored at a three quarter time was, but you know, it was obviously two teams who played hard and, and played really hard for the six games, and then came into it obviously a game seven and. Um, like I said, it's it's really easy to um, get down. I know it was 15 or 16 or whatever it is, and pack that up and then go home. We, we gave ourselves a, a chance. We, we left it all out there and uh, just kind of started playing. I think we played a bit more free. Uh, I think we were all not half tired of the skin in that first half. But, um, both teams were, were, were trying to get going a little bit. They made some shots. We missed some. Um, but I think they, I think they had 50 or, or something at half time, which defensively isn't isn't horrible. But um, we obviously we weren't scoring the ball ourselves. So um, like I said, incredibly proud to, to be on a team and a part of a team that, that doesn't give up in those situations. And um, I mean, all you can ask for obviously is to give yourself a chance. And we um, we had a chance. We had a couple. We had a couple uh, things out of the out of the timeouts or whatever it was side ball and then we had that look at the end by by Mike. So we see a lot a lot to kind of process right now. But um, yeah, just just proud to be a part of the, the team that, that never gives up. All right Joe, thanks for your time.
All right, that was Joe Ingles as the Jazz season comes to a close tonight after losing to the Denver Nuggets in Game 7, 80-78. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll get you a little more sound from the locker room. We'll get Hans Olsen's final thoughts on the season as well. It's all straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott Hanselson with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 80-78 to 78 is your final. The Denver Nuggets eliminate the Utah Jazz from this year's playoffs in the bubble with a Game 7 victory. Hans, let's get to your three-point takeover. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams. For more than 80 years, not a great night from behind the uh, li- uh, the three-point line for the Jazz tonight, Hans. Eight of 34, 23.5%. Not good. Donovan Mitchell was two of eight. George Niang was two of four coming off the bench. Everybody else uh, just made one. O'Neal, one of four. Conley, one of six. Ingles, one of five. Uh, Morgan, 0 for two. Clarkson, one for five. And that was going to be the equalizer, Hans. The three ball was going to be the way that the Jazz were going to make up for being small and lacking Boyan Bogdanovich, and it did not work tonight. We we talked about this in the shows today. I'm sure you and Gordon talked about this. I know Scott and I talked about it, and that was eventually something has to break. You can't shoot 50% as a team from three, and, and that's what both teams did in game six. They yeah. were both 18 of 36. Like You felt like at some point something's got to lean more towards the average because the average isn't 50 and that's what we saw you know some of the averages played out tonight and I do think that uh, at least I felt like they did a better job of closing on Murray and not letting him have some of those walk-up threes even though Jamal felt like he was out of his game I again I think he was nicked up and just wasn't on his game, but I did feel like defensively the Jazz were more active out there, and I feel like Denver did a good job defensively out on the perimeter of the Jazz too. All right, let's continue with our uh, with our sound from the bubble in Orlando. Let's uh, wrap things up from down there with Royce O'Neal. All right, Royce, we have a question from uh, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Royce, I'm wondering if you could just kind of take me through the emotions of the locker room after that one. It's tough. And everybody's, you know, play hard, you know, fighting all the way from, you know, being down almost 20 points, uh, being right there, one shot, you know, in and out. I think everybody went down. So I think that one might, you know, this one might stay stick and there for a little bit. Sarah, if you have another one, go ahead. How long do you think that, like you said, this is going to stick with you for a bit? How long do you think that that emotion is going to carry over? And when do you actually start thinking about what the team can do next year? It's different with different guys. Uh, you know, I think about it uh, for a little bit. I mean, nobody wants the season to end that way. Uh, you know, we, you know, one thing we want to keep playing, but you know, we want to sit back and reflect on it and uh, see what happens next year. All right, Royce, thanks for your time. All right, there you go. That was uh, Royce O'Neal, who I thought was good defensively at times. Uh, Hans, he played 42 minutes. He had five points, two of six shooting, four rebounds and assists and a couple of steals. I thought he got was instrumental in getting some stops against Joel, Jamal Murray down the stretch. But 
And I I expected a little more out of Royce in this series, to be honest. Um, I thought he had his moments, especially there in games two and three. Uh, he was much better uh, defensively. But um, I thought in the kind of closeout games when the Jazz had opportunities, uh, needed a little more from Royce. I agree, man. I, I do feel like in the first half of this game, I think there were two threes that I saw him pass up on where the ball got dished back out to the perimeter. One was in the corner. I think the other one was top wing, and he uh, he chose, opted not to take either one. I think one he drove, one he drove and dished. Like, it was, he had some looks out there. And, and remember, Jake, for a minute, Royce was pretty effective on the perimeter. He was hitting a nice percentage through parts of the regular season. And I did. I wanted him to be a little bit more offensively and a lot more defensively, yeah. especially in game five and six. Royce plays a really important role in this team. I think it's the reason he's uh, played his way onto this team. I love his story. The Jazz have a few uh, players, you know, Joe Ingles, George Yang guys that, that started, you know, uh, having to play their way into the rotation, onto the roster even. And Royce has done it through working hard, playing defense, doing the dirty work that nobody else wants to do. And I don't think he gets enough recognition for it. But he also, <laughs> it's such an important role that when it doesn't go well for him, it's noticeable. And the Jazz might need to add a couple more on-ball defenders to to take the pressure off of Royce a little bit. I think that's one of the things they were looking for in the seeding games in the bubble, Hans, when they were playing all the younger guys i think they were looking like uh, looking for guys that could come in and and play a little defense and play hard and uh, take the shine off the other team's best player a little bit i think they're still going to be looking for that yeah i i would agree and but but uh, to your point about royce he he does have a role a very important role and you wonder you know for instance you know you 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 know what denver is up against and you know that the Clippers have a few things defensively that they're going to throw at Jamal and that they're going to throw at Jokic and they're going to make life really difficult. And you've got some of those elite teams in the league that they've got some type of versatile defender. It was funny when you were going through some of the Jazz former Game 7s and you were going through names, and I, I, I heard some of the names. I'm like, man, defensively, it'd be really nice to have him. Yeah. Like, it'd been nice to have Andre Kirilenko defensively in this series. You know, long, uh, aggressive, um, get on your skin, never quits defensively. Like, there, there were some guys that I'm thinking, man, that is a versatile defender. That guy would be really nice on the court. And, and the Jazz just aren't there yet. Royce wasn't that guy in the series that you needed. 22 points tonight from Donovan Mitchell on 9 of 22 shooting. He had 9 rebounds and assists to go with it. Uh, also, 9 turnovers for Donovan. Uh, Rudy Gobert with 19 points, 18 rebounds tonight. He also had 2 blocked shots. Jordan Clarkson had 10 points coming in off the bench for the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic with 30 points, 14 rebounds and 4 assists. Jamal Murray had 17 points in the win for Denver. Michael Porter Jr. had 10 points coming in off the bench. Hans, give us a couple of final thoughts on tonight's game before we uh, close the book on the season. Well, you know, it's not just about tonight's game. It's this crazy season. We will never see anything like this again. This is bizarre, Jake. Yeah, you and I have been doing this together for 14. This is our 15th jazz season together. I know you've you've never seen anything like you've got another four or five on me. Like it's. (laughs) We'll never see anything like this ever again. A layoff, then back to the bubble, and then another layoff. Well, a bubble in the first place. And I mean, a, a how wild bubble. is that? Yeah. 
and and having it all localized here. It started and ended with the Utah Jazz yeah. in the in, in on March 11th in Oklahoma City in a strange event. And I I'll never forget. I'm I'm actually at home. My mom and dad were in town from Idaho. They were watching the game. You know, I've got my popcorn. I'm I'm ready. We broke down the game that day, and I'm just getting ready. And they're they're calling the game, and I turned to my mom and I said, "Don't ever forget this day. We'll never forget this day because nothing cancels an NBA game, right? Ever. Nope. And I think that March 11th will stick in my mind as much as any other date that I've ever known. And it was bizarre. And it ended with fire. This was pure fire. This series was hot fire, man. And this game was hot fire. You know, here we are watching this 19-point deficit thinking, oh, gosh, I was hoping to see some fire. And here come the Jazz and storm along. And it ended with that same level of excitement. Yeah. But just fell short. And you're right. They're just a couple of pieces away. Maybe it was Boyan. Maybe Boyan's the piece. Maybe he puts them over the top for the for this uh, for this Denver series. Well, I think it's going to be a fascinating offseason. It'll be really interesting to see what the what the Jazz do. They have a couple of decisions to make, and we'll see how they craft the team going forward to take that next step in the NBA playoffs. But tonight, uh, unfortunately, the Jazz season comes to a close. They lose to to the Denver Nuggets, eighty to seventy eight. Want to say a big thanks to, uh, of course, all of our sponsors here on Jazz Game Night. I uh, want to say in particular thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, a title sponsor of Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. I want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final from the bubble in Orlando. The Jazz fall. Their season comes to a close. They lose to the Denver Nuggets 80-78. to We will talk to you next season. Here on Jazz Game Night on the Jazz Radio Network.